0: And I realized, oh my God, I have been letting life be lived at me and not living my life myself. And, you know, it gave me a chance to, if anything, see how detrimental being in that in-group is where, you know, it might have like let in some ways, let me know like, okay, I'm doing it the way everyone is doing it, but Mm -hmm. it's so detrimental. Mm -hmm. And that, that for me, like, you know, one of the hard parts about healing, um, is that like sometimes you're, you're in a place where now you get to fully feel like all that pain that's kind of been like hanging out in the back. Um, and I had to feel that like moment of like, wow, so much of what I've been doing, like I was compromising myself and my needs and my autonomy to to play the social scripts. And mm. it, it, it while I had this wonderful toolbox to finally build myself up, I did have to then contend with the fact that like, man, this, this being in this in-group and dating the mainstream way, even in, you know, polyamory, like uh, dating in polyamorous uh, circles, but in a mainstream way with still that social script getting thrown at you. Uh, That was something to sit with. Welcome to the
1: live your fuck yes life podcast, your place for real talk and conscious conversations about shit that really matters. I'm Amanda Catherine-Loy, your resident queerdo, nonconformist, and trauma-informed coach for folks who are tired of the fucking shoulds and are craving something more. Stick around for all things relationship anarchy coming out later in life, moving through the mess, and beyond. You ready? Here we go. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to episode 151 of the Live Your Fuck yes Life podcast. Oh my gosh, I'm so fucking excited for this episode, you guys. I, uh, one, because this is a topic that's really fucking near and dear to my heart, um, and just my way of being. Um, but two, uh, because I know so many of you have asked for a dedicated episode on all things relationship anarchy. Um, I hear you all talking about this and, and, um, exploring this concept. It's coming up a lot, a lot, a lot in my, Um, coaching space um, with my one-on-one peeps and it's something that I could talk about for fucking ever and the other person I knew um, felt the same way and who I've learned so much from as a peer and as a friend and um, a mutual on TikTok um, and who I feel like lives and breathes the values of relationship anarchy in a way that Feels and is really genuine, and um, is something that I've always just really resonated with. Um, is none other than Abby Rosemarin, who you may know uh, on TikTok as um, not Jennifer Garner. Um, I remember in like the early TikTok days, um, Abby came up on my For You page um, having coffee on their front porch, um, talking about relationship anarchy in a way that I was like, yes, this is how I talk about this. This is how I feel about it. And it's just only grown from there as we've gotten to know each other. And I really am so grateful for this conversation. Uh, it was truly like a warm hug to my heart, um, something that we didn't talk about until like the end of the podcast episode, which there wasn't a lot of space for, and maybe I'll get into this again in a later episode, um, is how lonely sometimes, uh, and I've noticed lately for myself, identifying as a relationship anarchist can be. um, Because it's not, for me, yes, some of the work I've had to do in this space has involved unlearning, but it's also been such a massive very natural part of my core value system for as long as I can remember I just didn't have the words for it and you know most folks that I come across uh aspire maybe to move in that direction but naturally have been programmed as so many of us have right to operate differently or maybe just are different and um it can feel really lonely. Um, And I know I needed someone like Abby in my corner, um, even from afar, uh, to be able to feel like I wasn't so alone in this um, and have someone else or other people, you know, sharing what their experience, lived experience of, of, of moving through the world from the spaces. And it is my hope that this conversation sheds that or gives you that space and um and and creates that that light for yourself um as well um as abby so beautifully says like a a flashlight in, in the in the darkness um for your own experience to feel a little bit more valid and a little bit less alone as always so That's what we're getting into today. Uh, A quick spiel (laughs) about Abby. Um, Abby uses she, they pronouns um, and is a writer, uh, content creator, mental health professional, trauma-informed yoga instructor, and former commercial model. Um, She is the author of seven books, including the Amazon bestseller The Ballerina's Guide to Boxing, also known as Not Jennifer Garner, like I said, on TikTok, um, where they've amassed nearly half a million followers. And uh, Abby's actually currently um, getting her master's in clinical mental health counseling, and it's just oh, such a gift. Um, I'm so excited for you, if you do not know anything about Abby, um, to have this incredible person in your sphere, and if you do, um, you're going to be extra stoked, um, and yeah, we get into all things, like I said, all things relationship anarchy, but we also talk about how autonomy is often falsely equated with lack of accountability in communities, Um, we really dive into the concepts of nuance and hierarchy, cop monogamy, intention in our relationships, platonic partners, um, and beyond. Uh, I will just let you get to the episode because it's too fucking good to not dive into. So without further ado, here we fucking go. Hey, Abby, welcome
0: to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me.
1: I am honestly like so stoked. I feel like the last time when we met up in person, which was, Mm -hmm. feels crazy, it was almost a year ago now. Um, But I I remember saying to you, like, I have to have you come on the podcast when I come back for the, if I come back for the next season, when I come back for the next season um, and talk all things relationship anarchy, because if there's one person I have felt like, honestly, I don't really see it talked about very much as like a person continuously talking about it online or, or advocating for it beyond a couple of spaces. And it's like you and me, I was like, you're the relationship anarchist demisexual. I'm the relationship anarchist demisexual. <laughs> like we, and then as soon as we just sort of talking and like getting to know each other better, I was like, we need to be having conversations like this on the podcast for people who identify like us or in some ways Um, to just be witness to, because I wish I had had that when I was trying to figure out what the fuck was going on with the way I love and the way I live. So I'm just really stoked to have you here.
0: Oh, thank you. And I'm in the exact same boat. I think a huge reason why I can be as vocal as I am is because this was something that I had to figure out kind of scratching in the dark and i'm like i i know yeah. i'm not the only i'm not so special that this is the only personality type to ever exist so getting it out there so people at least have at least a flashlight or two to be in that dark room 100 percent. i love the way you said
1: that a flashlight it's completely the case okay so like we've never done an episode dedicated specifically to relationship anarchy on the pod i've talked about it in many ways especially last season um And so I guess, like, before we even dive in, I'm curious what relationship anarchy means to you, and how it's like played a role in your life, because I know, I know you and I have had sort of similar experiences. But I also know that everyone that identifies as a relationship anarchist identifies kind of differently within the scope of that. So I'm curious, like what it means to you.
0: Oh, man, what it means what it means to me. Uh, One of the things I've always loved to do, if anybody asks me to do, like, what is the elevator pitch for relationship anarchy? (laughs) I love to say, like, you know, because I'd like to think we're not, like, trying to get, like, necessarily, like, we're recruiting people, although in some regards, I feel like everyone could benefit from at least aspects of it. But I'm like, it all boils down to, hey, this social script that we were given this super strict, but also very isolating and detrimental social script that capitalism has given us what if we throw it out the window and we completely deconstruct all these things that we were told to want and told to want in a certain succession and step back and go, well, what, what is going to work for me? What is authentic to me? What is authentic to these interpersonal relationships that I have throughout my entire life? Mm -hmm. Um, One of the biggest things I will always like get very loud about is that relationship anarchy is not a dating style. It it always gets me like, yes. oh my skin crawls yes. when people are like oh so it's polyamory and I'm like no like and this is something we both uh, very much believe in that you can be a relationship anarchist and monogamous as well like mm-hmm. um which you know I can get down that rabbit hole at a later point but getting oh that we up. will we will <laughs> <laughs> you know this is this is a philosophy system that permeates all of the relationships in your life your family relationships your friends your you know lovers your you know uh sexual partners, I think even honestly, your coworkers, ideally. Um, and and for me, that being able to notice when I am doing something, because I truly want this in my heart of hearts, and when I'm doing it, because this is what society expects out of me, and it's performative, has probably been one of the most transformational things about relationship mm-hmm. anarchy for me.
1: Yeah. So, okay. Because I feel like I identify so similarly with you. And I only learned the term when I started my journey in polyamory, because I think many folks who identify as polyamorous also identify as relationship anarchists. And I think it's also been kind of put in that same category. I know there's like, in my opinion, a misunderstanding that those two things have to Coexist that you can't be a relationship anarchist, and we've had many conversations about this. You and I, oh,
0: and yeah. I'm like,
1: I talk about this all the time because I really believe that, like, I was living relationship anarchists values and lives as a, in a monogamous relationship, and frankly, have my whole adult life been a relationship anarchist. I just didn't have the language or mm-hmm. the understanding of what that meant. And the moment I found the Relationship Anarchist Manifesto, which is, I will have that linked in the show notes for y'all. I've talked about it a bunch before, but um, it is like the foundational sort of text that we go to um, by a person named Andy Norgren, um, a Sweden Swedish uh, writer, and um, really came up with this um, in the context of their like close circle of people and sort of community. And there's this whole beautiful thing. And I remember reading through that for the first time and being like, wait this is how I do this is this is how I do relationships you know like do people not do this is this not how people operate and then I kept feeling very like strange about the discovery because all of a sudden and this is probably my trauma coming up but it like started making me feel more othered if that Mm -hmm. makes sense because I think I had just been like living in this this very naive bubble of like well everyone loves like this right like everyone is just so you just you 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 have intimacy with your platonic people right like uh, you just can love a lot right <laughs> like yeah. you don't believe in hierarchy in your relationships right like all of those things felt so natural and all of a sudden i was like oh wait there's a lot of people who don't operate this way
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and it was interesting cuz my discovery with it was like another way i felt othered mm-hmm. yeah was that something that
0: for you, was it part of your experience or was it like a coming home for you? You know, it was a very interesting thing um, because, you know, likewise, my first touch with relationship anarchy was in the polyamory circles, which, you know, I yeah. guess there is something to be said. And, you know, there's also the joke about like, why are so many polyamorous people also in like the kink world? And I think it is just once you've deconstructed one, you've kind yes. of primed yourself to like deconstruct in other ways too. Um, which then of course, then it gets conflated. Uh, but for me, it became a really good tool to see just how much I had been having life put at me as opposed to living like myself. Um, mm-hmm. cause that was something that even, you know, long before I even heard of the term, I had this kind of like, you know, like the, the come to Jesus moment of like, I have been doing so much of in my life, not because I wanted it, not because I truly knew that this was my authentic decision but because society said I was supposed to. This is how relationships are supposed to escalate. This is how your romantic relationship is supposed to go. This is how, you know, this is how dating is supposed to go. Three date rule, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, And I realized, oh my God, I have been letting life be lived at me and not living my life myself. And, you know, it gave me a chance to, if anything, see how detrimental being in that in-group is where you know I, it might have like let in some way let me know like okay I'm doing it the way everyone is doing it but mm-hmm. it's so detrimental mm-hmm. and that that for me like you know one of the hard parts about healing um is that like sometimes you're you're in a place where now you get to fully feel like all that pain that's kind of been like hanging out in the back um and I had to feel that like moment of like wow so much of what I've been doing, like I was compromising myself and my needs and my autonomy to to play the social scripts. And mm. it, it, it while I had this wonderful toolbox to finally build myself up, I did have to then contend with the fact that, like man, this this being in this in-group and dating the mainstream way, even in you know polyamory, like uh, dating in polyamorous uh, circles, but in a mainstream way with still that yeah. social script getting thrown at you. Um, that was something to sit with
1: oh my god I totally resonate with that okay so how long ago in your journey did you like step into polyamory and since that was your sort of introduction to relationship anarchy too like how long has it been since you've been I guess like living and breathing those values that have always been true to you
0: You know, let's see. I started probably around like six or so years ago. And like so many people do where, you know, you're in an established relationship and you kind of are playing around with like, but what if we opened it up? What if we started, you know, doing X, Y, and Z? And then you you watch it kind of ripple out. And then I remember learning about relationship anarchy and like so many people, I had seen only the bad players talk about relationship anarchy. And it actually turned me off to it. I was like, "Ew, yes, why, why would I want to ascribe to this?" You know, it, what I would learn later on. There's a wonderful article which I imagine you've probably read called about you know relationship libertarianism, where it's like this isn't relationship anarchy what you guys are doing. This is some like weird libertarian like I'm not going to actually take any responsibility. Mm. Um, but I found that as my life was just not fitting the molds anymore, the more I was like, okay, let's actually think about what not what what the outside you know all these people are telling me relationship anarchy is because in some ways that's out of the frying pan and into the fire I'm just like oh they're talking it at me and this is what I'm going to just internalize what is it actually going to instill and like I got a chance to go down the rabbit hole of just learning about how relationship anarchy in some ways like this has existed for like centuries now where you know these people who are you know political anarchists would see see how can we take these um, these tenets of, of anarchy and apply it to our relationships, especially in terms of things like autonomy and non-hierarchy. And I was like, okay, this, this is making sense. And I'd say for probably the last two or three years, I've really had a chance to get to step into relationship anarchy as it really, what I like to think what it really should be about.
1: Hmm. I really want to talk more about that. Uh, in a second but I want to go back to the thing you said because this has also really irked me and I've actually had a few people be like oh so you're an abuser because you oh, identify no. as a relationship anarchist and I mm. fully understand where those comments come from because mm. I was really anti calling myself relationship anarchist probably the first two years of me you know stepping into polyamory understanding doing so much on learning of like mononormative culture which frankly a lot of I was already practicing and didn't realize, but then I was like, oh, there's so much more I need to be doing and unlearning. But a big part of that was I was witnessing a few people. And frankly, a lot of my understanding of relationship anarchy comes from the multi-amory folks because they live and breathe that space so much. And I really, really loved that. Um, And that was like my in for it, but they would talk about, and I would see people like who are... Treating people like fucking shit and Mm -hmm. genuinely abusing people psychologically, like all sorts of ways and calling it in the name of relationship anarchy or even in the name of polyamory. And I did a whole episode on this, like the abuse and non-monogamy like last season. And it still sticks with me so much because especially in the relationship anarchist, it's like, well, no, this is not an excuse to just say like fuck all this is speaking about like, I'm building intention. This is literally just saying I get to choose relationships by design and Mm -hmm. And and that we get to then collaborate on what that relationship might look like. And if that doesn't align, then we're not compatible. Not now it's my time to abuse you and operate yes. in ways like that. And I'm just like really over that. I really want people to like take that this is, this is me as like a person who's trying to like share the like good of this this space. Um I'm like, please go away like and there's going to be those yes. people in all communities but i'm just like so over it because there's so little representation like mm-hmm. of this this way of being and and moving through the world um and i want it to just be like this like be- beautiful joyous thing you know <laughs> yeah.
0: that right there is actually why i started getting as vocal as i did and you know i've actually you know, I've written the, the rough draft of a, a full-on book on it. And I'm telling you right now, I have three chapters that are just completely devoted to, like, dismantling the bullshit that these people are peddling. Yes. Because like they, they, what they're doing as like, you know, they they talk about, you know, they they worship at the altar of autonomy and that's what they'll usually lean on. And they'll use autonomy as synonymous with, I don't have to take accountability for my actions. I don't have to take consideration of any other person. I'm just going to do me autonomy, autonomy, autonomy. Don't, don't hold me to my word because then you're infringing on my autonomy. And it's like, that first and foremost y'all miss the point of the whole concept of mutual aid which you know is a whole like the, the the that anarchist principle that gets skimmed over the absolute most especially in these like bad player relationship anarchy circles of like you're supposed to care for one another that's the whole point like mm-hmm. you know um but they really will they will treat it as i get to use people and well, well, if they don't like it, they can just leave because, you know, autonomy, but they don't—they set it up in a way that makes it so people can't. Um, and what I liken it to is crony capitalism. And that's really what they're doing. They're maximizing their profit. How can I get the most interpersonal attention without having to do any expenditures? Mm-hmm. And the same we, we will see in the capitalistic world, like, well, if you don't like your job, just leave. But we all know that, that it's a lot more complicated than that. Uh, so these people are setting it up. So they, and, and let's be real, we're usually seeing very a very specific demographic to do this. And they will they will do it at other populations that don't have as much power, that have mm-hmm. been conditioned to be a little bit more submissive and servile. Um, and they're usually, there's a huge age gap too. They're usually getting at these like, you know, 21, 22, 23 year old like girls. And, you know, it is very clearly, I'm just building my empire but, oh, autonomy. And it oh, it drives me out of my mind. Um, yeah because yeah, then then you do get people who are like, "Well, yeah, I mean, I do like relationship anarchy as an idea, but I could never call myself that because, you know, look at look at what that tech bro who calls himself a relationship anarchist is doing. Yeah. I think
1: that's part of what like through that anger and frustration is what led me to write like my own version of how I identify. I think I called it like the fuck yes relationship manifesto. Mm. Yes. <laughs> it's, like my version of it because again, we all move through it a little differently and I felt like you know, there were some nuance that wasn't ex- isn't necessarily expressed in the original manifesto that I was really craving when I first read it and still continue to crave and there's one specific section I think it's um I like have it in front of me right now. Um, do, 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 do. Oh, honestly, maybe I don't remember which one it. It's like a, there's a specific thing. I think it's in the love and respect instead of entitlement. There's like a there's a way that they talk about not moving through compromise with a partner or a person. Mm-hmm. Like as if compromise is not a thing. And I was like, I've never resonated with that. And there's just some nuanced yeah. things that I was like, I, I. I want to write my own thing. And so I like, I went off and I was journaling about it. And then I was like, other people might want to see this. So I'm just going to share my musings, you know? And for me, like, I think having, yeah, more nuanced conversations around things like autonomy and what that actually really means and talking more about interdependence instead of the like pop psychology push for our hyper independence, which I see so present in all communities, but especially in like non-monogamous spaces, mm-hmm. especially for people coming in into those spaces in duress within their relationships or personal lives. It's like, there's so much nuance here, folks. Like there's so much nuance and like, let's live in the gray of it all because that's what it is to be a human being. And like- it's yes like we want to like have all these things but it takes work to build those and you have to do it in a collaborative fashion that's part of what being that's the most important thing in my opinion of what being a human is is like being with others right like yeah. that's why relationship anarchy means so much to me because it's like love is at the center of my life and everything that i do and am and I love really hard and really big, and I've loved my best friends, people I consider soul humans because friend doesn't really feel like the correct word, mm-hmm. um, and like partners that are platonic partners, partners that are not platonic partners, like I've loved so big and so many ways, and like that's what it is for me to like at the center of why I move through the world the way that I do, and relationship anarchy just gives kind of a blueprint for other people and myself on how to do that with more intention.
0: Yeah, exactly. And go back going back a little bit when it comes to like, you know, things with the manifesto um, a huge thing, when I was diving into what the history of relationship anarchy was, is one of the things that drives me absolutely out of my mind. And and to me, this is as anti uh, anarchy as you can get is they will treat, you know, the manifesto like gospel and be like, if it's not in it, it doesn't count. And if it's in it, it's infallible. And it's like, they, there's so much more going on to this. Um, and if anything, again, these people, these, you know, the the relationship libertarians, as it, it got dubbed, um, pretending, oh, it's autonomy, autonomy, autonomy. If you are essentially throwing your, you know, uh, the way you are doing your life at these people that you're supposed to love and you're supposed to include in your life and have these interpersonal relationships with, you are doing hierarchy where I am most important. This is all that matters. uh, You know, uh, shape up or ship out. And to me, that's like, okay, you are exerting power over others, which is so anti hierarchy and anti relationship anarchy. It hurts.
1: Yes. Yes. Fucking mic drop. <laughs> mm. um, yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. And this is why I have you on because you, I feel like you are, you, you said you were writing a book about this. Like, of course you are.
0: Oh yeah. So I actually, um, in a fit of inspiration, I wrote the entire first draft uh, <laughs> in the like winter break of last year. And just been, like, slowly piecemeal editing it, which, you know, it's been a very slow process because I'm also in school full-time, so it's it's a little difficult to, say, write a research paper and then come over and try to edit a chapter or two. But, I mean, that's a whole reason, and, like, so much of it is just devoted to dispelling those myths and calling out the bullshit, because... Yeah, it's, it's it's mind-boggling.
1: I love that you and I are both called to write books when we're angry and we want to be like,
0: "Fuck no, see you differently." <laughs> exactly, <laughs> so, like, so look. <laughs> Especially with something like this, because it, it holds so much potential for good, and yeah. you know the fact that we one of the ways that we can fight back against you know uh, a society and societal systems that are extremely exploitative and extremely oppressive is to lean into this way of relationships and through that community building and through the community building you have just a stronger base to to you know have a better quality of life. And to watch something that beautiful, then get twisted by these, you know, guys who just want to use a bunch of women and never take accountability. Oh, like, get me my, my, my quill and ink. And I'm going to just start writing all of my own.
1: (laughs) Totally. Okay. So
0: like, that's the bullshit
1: that we see, Mm -hmm. which we see in all communities and stuff. But I'm curious, like, Obviously, we both feel so strongly about this as like a core set of principles, values that like really lives through us and is is embodied within us. So like, I know how it's looked for me and I'm happy to share that in a second, but like how how does it tang? I feel like that's what people struggle with is like, how is this tangible? Like, how does this tangibly look? How can it look? What do my relate? What are my relationships like? What, what might it mean for me to like live in the world with relationship anarchist values beyond just, I know these are my values, you know, like, it's like, what tang? I feel like people are listening being like, okay, but how do I tangibly make these changes or adjust or, or allow these values to like really emanate, you know?
0: Yeah, I think it, it is as simple and as complicated as what is authentic to me and what is authentic to this particular bond that I have with, you know, this other human being. Yeah. Um, I know, I know for me, you know, I have been a relationship anarchist in monogamous relationships, a relationship anarchist in polyamorous relationships in terms of the romantic ones. And that would always look as hey the relationship doesn't need to look anything other than what we need it to be if you know uh like a great example is i mean right now i am very out of the dating world and the idea of ever having romantic or sexual feelings again is like let me heal first kind of deal mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I was thinking about how I'm like, if I ever get into any kind of relationship again, in that regard, a romantic relationship, I tried my best not to use relationship to be synonymous with romantic. So I'm slowly getting that out of my vocabulary. Um, I don't want them moving in with me. I, I you know, we could be li- you know, these like life romantic partners, awesome. I don't want them moving in with me. And, you know, society says, what's wrong with you that you don't, you know, you date and then you move in you get married and then you have your 2.5 kids. What's wrong with you? And I'm, I'm like, no, no, no. As a relationship anarchist, it is perfectly okay for me to say, if I'm dating somebody, I still have my space and we can be so incredibly emotionally intimate and serious, but that's still my space. Mm. Um I think about it even just with like, you know, friendships where, you know, nothing necessarily even has to be different, like, oh, you know, because I'll see this sometimes where people think, oh, that means that you hook up with all your friends, and it's like, okay, first and foremost, let me, ch- once again, chuckle in asexual, thank you very much. Um <laughs> but it it means that the relationship you know like you had mentioned about like you know these these soul people like i love considering the these very close platonic bonds in my life as soul family and soul sisters and you know soul people because it's like friendship you know especially in our society just doesn't it 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 gives uh oh, we'll casually grab brunch every sunday like it doesn't give you know this the same feel yeah um you know, and, and sometimes it really can be as simple as that. I am a relationship anarchist and, you know, relationship anarchist and say the cool auntie who makes sure to go see her friends uh, as often as possible throughout the week to kind of be there for her as she's like raising her kid kind of deal, you know, and oh, it can be as, as uh simple as just kind of breaking down those barriers, but then it also gives you that like daunting, oh wow, <laughs> the horizon is so vast and expansive. What am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. Yeah. I think I love I
1: love hearing you talk about your current experience. And I also think something you said earlier around like it really is as simple as each individual relationship in your life is a collaborative approach. And that it's like, what makes the most sense for this particular partnership? And I'm going to honor the needs of that partnership because they also represent my needs and like desires and wants and getting to like build that as multiple teams in your life, whether they are platonic people or non-platonic people. Um, I think is so, so, so beautiful just to give everyone listening kind of a, a different like what it can look like in terms of what my current circumstances look like. I sort of see this and I've seen this a lot in my life in the last couple of years, but it feels stronger than ever. This idea of my constellation of people, like kind of being like the stars, right. And like planets in my life and that I am the sun, right. I am my own sun. I am at the center of that. But that I have these strong visceral bonds with some planets, which like example, queer platonic partner of mine, platonic life partner of mine, partner of mine, uh, a soul sister that's been like chosen family for 20 years, you know, a couple soul friends and then I have some like comets, which is still using sort of like polyamory language. But I'm there, I'm not, you know, I don't feel necessarily aligned for that word anymore for myself right now. And that's okay, because it still is like, there are these bright, vibrant people that are my soul humans that I see maybe once, twice a year. And it's this like, uh, intensely beautiful thing. Um, There's probably like three or four of those in my life that I've known for 10, 20 years, you know. And then there are these like stars, these people who I could, I would qualify as like friends you know for using traditional lingo um that i see for coffee you know occasionally or check in on text or catch up with their instagram you know and those are these like stars that are in my ecosystem my galaxy um and I, something about that visual for me that i, I sort of stepped into a couple of years ago has really landed and i think it lands even more in my current circumstances um because it's like a galaxy full of relationships now for me that are all in that collaborative nature, and that those big planets, I, I mean, they're, li- they're life people for me that I consider in my life choices, that I move through the worlds and think about and talk to on a weekly basis, see if they're local on a weekly basis. like that is just that's how my version of relationship anarchy looks and I and I I love hearing this the differences and the sameness in our stories because I just wish I wish so hard that I had had examples tangible examples right of what that looks like and I think some people have asked me like okay well how can you operate when you are in a romantic partnership with somebody and like somebody that is platonic in like a way that is not an you know more relationship anarchist and my answer is well are you always prioritizing your romantic partner's needs over everyone else's Mm -hmm. or is your is your you know friend queer platonic partner whatever the fuck you want to call them soul human when they're in crisis mode or having a bad day and you might have a date planned like This doesn't necessarily, like the date doesn't necessarily, I'm like showing my hands as if you guys can see, (laughs) I always forget podcasting, but it's like, that doesn't, that person doesn't necessarily have to take priority in that space. And also like, I'm going on a trip with my queer platonic partner, literally like in a couple of days after we've recorded this to meet all of their friends and all of their, you know, family. And like, that feels as meaningful to me as meeting a
0: partner that I am having sex with you know? Yeah. I feel like a lot of that, that's in some ways the simplest way. If somebody is, you know, deep, like say deeply entrenched in the mainstream way of life, and they are happy having say one romantic sexual partner, but how do I, you know, incorporate this uh, relationship anarchy? It's like, well, let's just look at you know, am I automatically second second tiering all of my platonic bonds? Am I automatically like, nope, here is partner and here, you know, yeah, friends are cool, like, but like, let's be real. The most important person is this person and their feelings are the only ones that are going to matter. And it, and it can even be to the direct detriment of my friends, but this person has to prescriptively always has to come to first. And if we yeah. can step away from that and take more of that, like, you know, egalitarian approach then yes now we're really stepping into the relationship anarchy world even if to the outside world it doesn't look like much has changed
1: yeah and I think that exists and I witnessed it in my own version of this and I've seen it a lot in like folks I've coached through this like who are polyamorous and identify as relationship anarchists as well and have entered polyamory from a relationship that like was monogamous and then they entered into polyamory together it's really hard to continue to unpack that and feel like, Oh, well, I've had longevity with this person and I have, you know, all these things. So they are, or maybe I'm married to them. I'm not married to this other person I'm dating. So this person automatically comes first, even folks who express that they are non-hierarchical, right?
0: <laughs> like it's, it's still a lot of I'm learning to do. Yeah. <laughs> and, There's and a, a lot, lot of, of people. Okay. there's a lot of people who claim uh that they've dismantled couples privilege but just drip in the couples privilege yes yes and it's and, and and that's also to say that like it's hard and it's okay
1: to have be living in that privilege like as long as you're expressing it and and saying like this is a part of my thing I'm working on this this is how my privilege currently exists like it's really at the end of the day uh I think as a whole, when we're talking about like moving through this space and building with intention, it's really like, are you willing to put in the time and energy and commitment with your relationships to make sure that they are moving in a way that is thoughtful, intentional, and that you're constantly like checking in on how are we changing, right? And are our core values shifting? Because if they are, let's touch base. Like one of, I mean, one of the, the manifestos thing is built for the unexpected, right? And like, mm-hmm. that's such a beautiful thing that I think we forget to do as people. And also that it's this intentional piece, right? And I think to me, relationship anarchy just speaks to, I'm being intentional in my relationships and I'm not letting the capitalist, patriarchal, white supremacist rooted society like fuel everything that I'm doing and being if it's not aligned
0: with my values. Exactly. And, you know, one of the things that I try to reassure people is that just because, you know, there's the egalitarian does not, uh, you know, approach does not mean that we have to then like parcel out our attention equal across the board, no matter what, no matter what the circumstances are. Um, Because I always love giving the examples, like if you are co-parenting with somebody, whether it is, you know, father and mother, or even just like two queer platonic people who are raising a child or multiple children together, you're probably going to have to have a higher time commitment not only to the, the, the that co-parent, but to your children. Um, so the idea of like looking to the kids and being like, you know, sorry, Timmy, like you got your 30 minutes of attention today, so I gotta go like give that other bit of t- attention. Like, obviously, like that's and in some ways I like to use that absurd example because it's it is okay if certain relationships do require a higher time commitment. Um, yes. it is just more of a case of. Am I doing this kind of prescriptive because society told me that my relationship with my, you know, romantic partner is the only one that truly matters, therefore I'm going to slap on, you know, or my primary partner, if you will, you know, so therefore I'm going to automatically put everybody in this more like subverted role, Um you know, I, I always like to say, we want to see it as not looking to our romantic partner and being like, "Ah, oh, you think you're so special, but looking to all of our platonic friends and platonic partners and platonic bonds and going, hey, you're special too. Like we're not, we're not trying to mm. cut people down. We're building up what should have been built up in the first place.
1: Yeah. And really what used to be such a prevalent way of moving through the, you know, the world, like we were this community and of people that were all, cl- collaborating together and all there for each other's better gift and then you know through marketing ploys we're like hey now it's all about this one and only baby (laughs) and like yep it's really fun it's I like I will I have been doing this this work and like in this space for probably about the same time as you like six years now and it truly never stops making me so angry inside (laughs) you know like I have this like rage that like people feel so stuck because of the bullshit that we've been um perpetuated that's not the word I'm looking for but you know my ADHD brain is not working right now y'all know what I mean um (laughs) for so long and I'm I yeah I just I get so angry about it and also then want to talk about it because again all the things that I talk about are
0: (laughs) filled by my anger (laughs) which honestly it's so true like you know, I, I think about how, you know, loneliness and isolation is such a huge aspect right now of this mainstream world we live in, you know, people who genuinely like one of one of my my mutuals on TikTok actually made this amazing video kind of breaking down, like, she's like, why, you know, stitching somebody who had said, why is it so hard to find friends? And it's like, well, it's this capitalistic society we live in, kind of conditions us to find our one partner and isolate off and have our, you know, house on, you know, the acre of land. And only focus on that and not be given opportunities to truly, you know, interact with people and interact with our communities. And as a result, we just grow up in these little isolated pods all over the place. And, you know, you hear about the, the um, epidemic of guys who don't have friends, because, you know, society is conditioned to them like, no, you get the girls. And why, why? no homo man, why are you trying to be friends with guys? and how, how much that's hurting them. Um, yeah. And it's like, okay, the way that we've been conditioned to be told is the right way of life is hurting so many people. Can we please step away from this and, and try to embrace something that's a little bit more in tune with how humans are wired? Because we're community creatures, we're meant to live in community. And right now, like we're lucky to have a little bit of a fractured community at best.
1: Yeah. I it's so interesting you saying this like I I just had a realization like kind of a light bulb moment for myself that I I haven't fully fully expressed or thought about but I'm going to try for a second and I feel like this is making me realize why when I was stepping into, you know, adulthood I decided to pursue my artistry and performing and craft as an actor mm-hmm. as my career, right? Um, and I say that in capital letters because I think ultimately, or in, in not capital letters, in whatever these things are that I quotations. Doing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Clearly, my brain is not functioning. Um, in quotations because um I think like career is such an interesting word. I have a lot of feelings around. But, anyways, um it's my it was like my way of my relationship anarchist values being expressed. And being able to be in community where there was emotional literacy and communication is literally like part of the experience of being an actor. Mm-hmm. You have to listen and respond and work together to build something. It's so collaborative. It is it allowed me to literally live out all of my core values in the way that was still societally accepted, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And even still now, you know, like it's one of, I think, one of the only ways that we, I see consistently existing in this, like, in that way where it's collaborative. And of course, these are not necessarily people you have romantic and sexual relationships, although that does happen a lot in the theater. (laughs) Um, And it's because this safety and this collaboration and this emotional intimacy is, like, allowed to be explored, right? And, like, what a gift that I gave myself and all the people who supported me to do that, to be able to like step into that space. I didn't even think about that. Like that has been my through line as an artist, you know, for so long. And no wonder the idea of like leaving that world has never once crossed my mind because it's just like such a representation of my core values. Um mm-hmm. Anyways, I know you're a theater person too, so
0: <laughs> I truly love the theater world, you know. I mean, part of my 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 date to myself yesterday was seeing Hamilton, so I and and there is a lot to be said about that world and and a, a place, you know, expression especially where usually you're taught to kind of keep it to yourself and, you know, uh it was reminding me of the parallels I have with like say the polyamory world, which these days, I mean, as, as somebody who is uh as she's in her healing journey, identifying more like, like on the full asexual side of the spectrum and full aromantic side. But um, even when I was realizing like, ah, the polyamory label is just not fitting right for me. One of the things that made me want to stay in the community and grateful that I was ever in it in the first place is the fact that you see such usually in, in the right circumstances, you will see extremely open communication about what the relationship's going to entail, what the boundaries are, what the needs are for each person. And I mean, you see this also in like the kink community as well, because everything is literally on the table. You have to talk, you have to communicate, Hey, this is what I'm into. This is what I'm not into. Um, and it sets a lovely stage that, when I realized that that label wasn't really working for me anymore, I'm like, well, I don't want to go back to the mainstream world where you don't see this anymore. You do not see this very collaborative, hey, we are going to say explicitly what the relationship is, what what really wouldn't work for us, what are our parameters, what are our deal breakers. You just You're supposed to just go by the script, but, you know. But I would
1: argue though I would argue that you're never going to go back to the mainstream because mm-hmm. uh-huh. like no matter how you identify these are core pieces of you at the end of the day and like uh-huh. you don't have to be in polyamorous dynamics for that to be valid or true for you. and I know you know this uh-huh. and also I think like a lot of people listening may need to hear this because I think mm-hmm. there is like yeah, there's a I think there is that big misconception that we talked about a bunch that like you can't be monogamous and a relationship anarchist and I think it's not about can I be monogamous it's about I no longer am, am am listening and operating under the toxic monogamous culture and mm. the, or even comp het, we can bring that in as, as queer folk um, <laughs> and, and instead, or the relationship escalator, because those things don't necessarily serve me or some of them might, but I'm going to intentionally thoughtfully choose that and be consciously monogamous and build through my relationship anarchist values relationships that reflect my needs and my core values instead of, I'm just going to go back to the mainstream, which is unfortunately still rooted in toxic monogamy culture, um, which mm-hmm. we are, you know, I think slowly starting to shift as a society, which has been beautiful to witness in a bit of a bigger scale. I feel like more and more people are like opening up and like doing the unlearning and all of that stuff, which is great. Um, but yeah, you're, you're, I could never see you in a toxic monogamous. Oh, no. <laughs> like,
0: like I, I mean, this is, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've considered myself out of the polyamory world for over a year now. And yeah, there's no, honestly, there's no going back for me. Um, And I, I love that you brought up the whole like comp thing, because I will use the, you know, when people like drag their heels about like, how could you be a relationship anarchist and be in a monogamous relationship? And I will tell them. Well, the idea here is we're we're doing all this deconstruction, which also includes deconstructing compulsory heterosexuality. But that just because you've deconstructed it does not mean you have to be gay. Same yes. deal here with toxic monogamy culture. Just because you've deconstructed it does not mean that now you have to be a poly, polyamorous or some kind of you know consensual non monogamous like. It is more about, and let's be real, we know a lot of people who will do, they'll do the polyamory in theory in terms of like, oh, we've got all these different partners, but nothing got deconstructed up here in terms Uh of toxic monogamy culture. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: Yep. I, yeah. I also think that like what you're, what we're speaking to on a whole is beyond even relationship structures, right? And we're just talking about the unlearning that Mm -hmm. we've been programmed and we have these boxes, right? That we've been put in because of society and all of the things contributing to the base of that. And we've just been on automatic pilot living in those things. And the moment you start to get curious and question, how do I fit into this? Does this box actually work for me? That's when the gifts of like the unlearning allow you to really get to know yourself and live your life intentionally where you're not fucking sitting and having panic attacks because you're like, what the fuck is my life? And living in like that sphere, right? At the end of the day, that's what I see relationship anarchy just gave a a label and a voice for me to be like, no, this is, these are the values that I've lived that have allowed me to exit the motherfucking boxes that this Aquarius anarchist <laughs> does not want to be inside. You know? <laughs> and like, that's really, I think what the crux of it all is.
0: It really is. And it made me think about how, um, as you were talking about the whole concept of like midlife crisis. And, and to me, midlife crisis for those who truly have one of those, um, and not just the, oh my God, I'm halfway through my life. Let me consider mortality, but like, you know, they freak out about their entire life choices, is that they had gone so much of their life living in that box, doing the thing because that's what they were told to do. There's no like, you know, cognitive process. They've deconstructed butt kiss. And then all of a sudden they're 40, 50 years old and they're going, wait a minute. I've built this world and I've, I've been sleepwalking my entire life and this is not what I want. And now I'm freaking out because I just used up half of my life to just do the thing and be in this box. And if anything, relationship anarchy would hopefully safeguard against that. So if you are having any kind of crisis in the middle of your life, it's more of that like, oh, wow, let me like consider my own mortality real quick.
1: Yeah, that's such a beautiful point. And I think a perfect way to close this out. Um, I feel like I could talk to you about this forever. (laughs) Um, you know, I could do it. (laughs) Yeah. We we could go on for hours and hours. Um, but thank you so much for just being here and sharing your heart, your values, your core. Like, I really respect the shit out of you and have really appreciated how just knowing you has felt like, Oh, I'm not alone in this because that's definitely something I often feel in my relationships, in my daily relationships is like, oh, people don't naturally think like this and like move through the world like this a lot of the time and they have to work to get to there. And it's just so nice to meet somebody and know somebody who just lives and breathes from this space. So thank you for being here. I really appreciate you.
0: Of course. And thank you so much for having me. And thank you for being such a wonderful friend. It's always been very nice to have somebody of a similar mindset and someone who's been walking some very parallel paths.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, for anyone who may not know
0: you or have interacted with you, can you just let
1: everyone know how they can find you on the interwebs beyond I know you have a billion books in in the world like tell everybody how they can get more in your sphere.
0: Yes. So, um, the, probably the easiest way, if you are on TikTok, I am quite literally, I'm not a Jennifer Garner. Um, and if you are looking for links, say to my books, the easiest way honestly is to go onto my beacons link that is on my TikTok. It has all the various books, of. Uh, Uh, listed out if you want to just search me on Amazon Abby Rosemary and there's 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 only one other uh, Abby Rosemary in the world and she does not write books so you will find all of my books if all you all you do is uh search that on Amazon but you can also find me at um at at Instagram at that Abby Rose and uh if you are feeling interested in Patreon and and like seeing out what I put on my Patreon patreon.com slash not Jennifer Garner I love it. Plug the shit. All of that will be um, in the show
1: notes for you too. Um, And um, yeah, definitely get in their sphere because this human has been such a gift to my world. And I know that she will be a gift to yours as well. So thank you again for for being here. And um, we'll
0: talk soon. Sounds good. We'll talk soon.
1: And there you have it. Thank you, Abby, so much for coming on the podcast and for everything that we talked about uh, on today's episode. As always, you can find it in the show notes at amandacatherineloy.com slash podcast slash 151 or you can just scroll down in whatever podcast app you're listening to Spotify iTunes and beyond Um, if you love the podcast and it is something that you've really appreciated having in your earbuds or when you've been you know in the car in the shower uh, whatever the fuck um, it really goes a long way to leave a rating a review all of that good stuff and if you're extra in the space to support um, as always you can always you know become a patron and uh and just give a little back to the pod as well um in our patreon um yeah thank you for being here for being such bright beautiful parts of this community and like i said before i really hope that this uh that this episode was a light for you if you if you want more relationship anarchy content um anything's particular um as always you know feel free to reach out to me in a in dm form and let me know you know what resonated with you in the episode what didn't um i love hearing from you guys and really this pod is for you so um if we need to do a ra q a or i can get into some nitty gritty stuff of my own experience um fucking happy to as always um and yeah until next time i will see you all on the flip side bye-bye